0: Hip hop rejects. Hip a hip-hop. hip-hop rejects. A hip hop rejects. Welcome to episode 60 of the hip-hop rejects. This is your boy Royalty and he is Young Flat and the Rest. Together we are known as the Hip Hop Rejects. This is week three of In the Artist Month. And uh it's been going pretty good, man. How about you? What, what's been going down, yo?
1: Yeah? And chilling, working. I'm
0: trying to get used to this time change, man.
1: Nah, it don't bother me. I'm doing the same thing I do every day.
0: No, nah, I know, but it's just something different about this year, man. It's just been, I don't know. I've been extra tired this week for some damn reason. I don't know why. I, I
1: don't know. It's a mental thing, bro.
0: <laughs> but, uh before we get into introducing our guests for today's show uh i want to first kick it off with uh make sure you guys you guys want to support the hip-hop rejects and you love this show uh the first thing you can do is subscribe and leave comments on whatever uh platform you choose to listen to us on or you can become a patreon of the hip-hop rejects by going to patreon.com forward slash the hip-hop rejects or you can just stop by uh the hiphoprejects.com if you don't want to remember all that or uh if you're just having a real hard time if you listen to this podcast just go into the description got all the links to how to support us pick up t-shirts visit the website listen to episodes all that good stuff so um but all right man week three indie artist month so we've had two rappers and now we are on to the djs and DJ, which is a very good friend of ours, somebody we went to school with as well. Uh we got DJ Pilderman in the building with us today. Uh, it's crazy, man. What's,
2: <laughs> up, what's up, what's up, what's up? What's up? Appreciate it, man. Man, uh,
0: man, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to we've been trying to work our way to get you on here for I don't know how long, man.
1: I know, right. Like since man. last
0: year. Yeah. Shoot yeah. man, I actually like Think Like, going into this year, I was like, I was writing down, like, okay. I was writing down just, like, a list of artists, DJs that I knew of and stuff like that. Like, okay, I got to get this person. I was like, I just been, I've been marking on my bucket list just first half of 2017. So, it's good to have you on the show, man. Long time coming, long time coming.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I know quinn been trying to, you know.
1: Over the years, been trying to, you know, try
2: to do something, you know what I'm saying? It just, you know, you know how it is. Distance, timing, schedules, you know how that go. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I understood that, man. So, you know, it wasn't all no little loss, nothing like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so, so get it focused on location, man. Let them know where you, where you, where you spending it.
2: Well, man, spending right now, man, right now, right now, you know what I'm saying, I'm on the island of Wahoo, man, so it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying, like the the dynamic of the spot has changed a little bit. But right now, I, I spend kind of above Ocean Lounge, just in, uh, we call it downtown, you know what I'm saying, Waikiki, I know everybody say Waikiki, we, we just call it downtown. But other than that, man, you know what I'm saying, I pretty much just, you know, get you know wherever I get in where I fit in, you know what I'm saying? Like we kinda say, you know what I'm saying? Like uh I got the um I got this show like near downtown. I got this hip hop show and that's kinda what I've been known for doing it, but it's like one of my one of the first hip hop shows I've, you know what I'm saying, done in a while, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, same format. Like me and Ilfield, we was, you know, we was doing these shows for like years you know? And it's been a long time since i seen, like, some of these artists perform and actually, you know, broke bread with them. So, so you know, it's going to be pretty fun. But, yeah, you know, other than that, you know, besides just, you know, popping up here and there, whatever I can get it, you know what I'm
1: saying? But, yeah. You still chopping the screw up? Ah, uh, well, I had, that, <laughs> I had a feeling that I
2: was going to bring it up. But I, I guess that's kind of how, how I made my name. At least when I first got started, right. But um, I actually did. There's actually like a couple secret tapes out, man. Like nobody kind of know about, but I do. Only like
1: let the people know where they at, man.
2: It's a secret. Of course, I just said there's a secret tape, so obviously, (laughs) you know, saying it would be public is a secret. Actually, um, you know, and it's kind of crazy because. There's a few tapes that's actually floating, but they're kind of like, they're kind of on the older side. But it's because like you know, like one was supposed to be like a DJ supposed to host it. DJ, you know what I'm saying? Never hosted it, and DJ never put it online. So I got that tape. You know, I collab with another DJ to do this other tape, and the tape never came online, even though the tape is finished. Um, and then, um, I did a fan tape. The fan got the tape and I kind of told him that, you know, you going to be like, you're going to be the only person to get this tape, you know what I'm saying? So there's a couple, couple of them out there, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, maybe if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling generous, I'll tell y'all later with it hit. But, um, as far as like, you know, making screw remixes like I was doing at first, because y'all got to understand, I don't know if some people's noticing, but for the people that are kind of familiar with me and, and stuff like that, y'all got to understand I was making like an average of, you know what I'm saying, like, I would say about two tapes, two screw tapes, you know what I'm saying, a month. You're making two screw tapes a month on top of everything else, on top of gigging and all that, that you know what I'm saying, all that workload builds up, you know what I'm saying, and you know, and, and you know, you try to be diverse with it. You try to like, you know, give the new stuff, you know. And this was back in the day when I used to hunt for, you know, every single a new project came out. You had to hurry up and drop the tape before another DJ had to put out. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a competition. Everybody wants to drop the new tape. It was just kind of like doing Lil Wayne tapes. Lil Wayne was popping at the time. It was really popping when I first started doing tapes, right? So if the soon as soon as Lil Wayne album, new tape drop or something like that, I'm telling you, like, 10 DJs was already started on it. You didn't even, they didn't even have to tell you, you just knew. And you could, I'm telling you, so you get your tape online, 20 minutes later, next DJ drop his tape. Five minutes later, next DJ drops his tape. Ten minutes later, the next DJ drops. his tape. It was, it was just pretty crazy, but you know, um, my perspective on screw tapes and a lot of things changed when, um, I actually look looked at myself more as a table as, as a DJ, you know what I'm saying? No offense, but we'll clarify that a little bit, you know what I'm saying? We'll we'll dig into detail a little bit like that later, but yeah, you know, I slow down with the screw tapes a little bit cuz you know, I want my taste to sound a certain way. I want to do certain things on them and you know, you want them kind of you want them kind of be different, you know what I'm saying? Because we came a long way away from DJ Screw. You know what I'm talking about? Rest in Peace, Robert Earl, Davis Jr., King of the South, Legend. You know what I'm talking about? And um, we we want to keep that legacy alive. And I think everybody that partakes in the Screw community should always think about that whenever you do a tape, whenever you do a remix or anything like that. But, um, you know, yeah. when you done did five million tapes or it seemed like five million tapes, man, sometimes you got to step back. And, you know what I'm saying, you got you got to step back and be like, okay, so am I doing this, you know, right? Am I doing this for the memory? Or am I just polluting it with a million screw tapes and, you know, polluting the same? Because it got to a point where we're just polluting the tapes, 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 everybody doing the same tape. And we ain't even thinking about what time tapes were dropping, you know what I'm talking about? We're just releasing a brand new tape. And, you know what I'm saying, soon or later... It just got to a point, like, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna step back a little bit, you know. And then the Screw community kind of kind of down a little bit. As far as the DJ, and we'll talk about that later, because I know I'm gonna start a controversy. I'm gonna start the beef back up, and there was a beef a long time ago. that tore it apart. It tore the scene apart, and I tell y'all about that inside, inside exclusive, first hand witness on how. You know, what I'm saying it was the Indies versus the Majors at one point. It'll be interesting, so we can dig into that too. Okay, okay. A couple of points I got. plenty.
0: I know, man. We've been knowing you since like since high school. Um, yep. And how did you like? Because I didn't know you was in. When I, when I found out, you know, when we graduated and stuff like that. Uh, I found out you was DJing. Like, how did you and, like? What made you want to get into DJing?
2: Man, everybody say that. That's. You know, one of the main things people always say is like,
0: yo, Lee Van,
2: you DJ? What? You don't seem like... You was the kid in the back of the class. You didn't talk to nobody. You didn't do nothing. You you, you was either borderline outcast or borderline nerd. You, you didn't fit in nothing and this, this, and that. And, yeah, you know, they was right on a lot of it. But, um... I tell you what, man, like I always say, man, I always give props and shout out to Joe, man. Shout out to Joe, Joe, Joseph Hall. You know what I'm saying? They used to sell the CDs and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, Joseph Hall was the person that got me into DJing, man. I always say this for the people that actually asked me. He was the person that actually got into it. And I'll tell you the story, how it happened. Um, So I remember, um, let's take a trip back memory lane. Mm, Joseph used to live by Greenville Mall, if anybody know. If you're in Greenville, I'm going to give y'all a little visual map, kind of. So he lived in Greenville Mall, I lived on the north side, and you know what I'm saying? I used to go and kick it with Joe, right? So I used to go kick, kick it with Joe, and I used to just walk from the north side all the way to the mall with his grandpa stay. And so, you know, me and Joe were real cool, you know what I'm talking about? We used to just listen to music and... And stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Kick, chill, you know, just like, like you know, More, most neighborhood people, you know, kick it. So I met mean, one day. I got a call, man. I got a call at the house, and Joe like, yo, man, like, uh, I got these, I got these movies I want to show you, man. I, I got them, you know what I'm saying? I recorded over my grandma's show, and this is back in the day with VHS tapes, was was on and popping. And so I was like, I right, bet. And you know what I'm saying? So I zoom over to the crib. So the first one, it was two, two videos that he showed me. The first one was um Scratch's documentary. This is this is uh, like, you know what I'm saying, and turntable is seen. And for the people that uh, don't know what a turntable is, uh, well, because I'm gonna be saying that word a little bit, actually a lot of it. A turntable is, 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 in the DJ scene, we, we say it's a DJ that's, that's technical. A DJ that uses a turntable to coke sounds, so a DJ that's more active in the scratching side, beat juggling, body tricks, stuff like that. Because you, you got DJs in the club that mix, right? They mix from song to song. You got some that just, you know, to just say the gun, say the, uh, say the uh, announcements, do the do-do-do-do-do-do, do the sirens, do the gunshots, do all the special effects. And that's it. That's the most of their routine. They just play all the jamming songs and that's it. You know what I'm saying? But with a turntable is we we kinda like to highlight our skills. So anyway, that was the first time I really saw, you know, like DJ scratch like that, DJ's doing beat juggles and stuff like that. And I was like, I bet, well, that looks like fun. And then the second one, the second one happened to be, you know what I'm saying, one of the one of the main things that just that, that was the light bulb and, and the second one was the on switch. It was um it was, oh, uh, uh, man, I forgot it. I'm, I'm so ashamed of myself. It was uh <laughs> Soldiers United for Cash. There you go. Soldiers United for, for Cash. If people don't know what Soldiers United for Cash is, Soldiers United for Cash was the DVD. It was actually the movie that it was the documentary of DJ Screw that they shot before DJ Screw died. You see what I'm saying? So they actually went went to the south side of Houston. You met a uh, part of, I mean, you met most of the SUC. SUC is Screwed Up clip, You know what I'm saying? Big Pokey, Big Mo, you know what I'm saying? They had a thing on Fat Pat, you know what I'm saying? Um, zero. The list goes on and on. We we kind of know how big the screw Up click is. But there is, like, you know, we saw DJ Screw in action. And with DJ Screw influence back in the day with the screw tapes and everything like that, I was like, I bet I was there already pretty much everybody would listen to Screw. But to see him and, and to see how it was, like, okay, I want to get to that level. So that's kind of what made me start doing screw tapes first. You know what I'm saying? When that that Me watching that movie was like, okay, I know what I'm doing when I get my first set of turntables. And that's exactly what I did. Like, my second tape was a scoop tape. In fact, my second tape was uh, the DeRoe, DeRoe music tape when I did that. And that's how I met DJ Heliella out of Austin and uh, DJ Prince Cut out of Dallas. You know what I'm saying? My first tape. And, you know, so I got clapped clap on my first tape. So I was like, ah. That kind of like the wheel starts spinning, like oh, I did this, and I'm, you know, I'm getting these people to like it. You know, it, it it was like, yo, this must be a sign, and so I
1: just kept with it, and you know, things kept happening. Okay, that's what up. So, uh, what projects you got coming up now? You got any new tapes about to drop, or you know, um, you know, any new ventures you're trying to get into? Well, well, let me put it like
2: this. Tapes are still going to be a while because, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, still, I got some couple of personal things I got to handle, but the tapes are coming back. I'm actually thinking about doing something like more of a, more of a kind of a personal thing with tapes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I want to try to give back to some of the fans and stuff that support me for a long time. Because, um, you know, I had one person, when I when I released one of the secret tapes, and it was actually a walk it was Flocka Belly 1.5. You know what I'm saying? I did that tape for this fan, and and basically, uh, this fan hit me up, and you know what I'm saying? I was you know doing other things. He hit me up. And he was like, "Yo, bro, like I remember when you did the Wiz Khalifa tape, which that tape was probably like what three or four years old." And he's like, "Yo, I jam it every day, and that touches you when when a fan would tell you that, yo, I jam something that's so old constantly. Like I still think about it, no matter if you." If I see your name every day or, or not at all, I still remember what you did and I still enjoy it. So I was like, yo, let me make this tape for you. And that's kind of how it is. So I want to I'm gonna start making, you know, personal tapes. But obviously with personal tapes, it takes a way longer time because you kind of got to know, you know what I'm saying, what the people want and, and stuff like that. On top of the regular tapes, I will be doing it. But, you know, the mixtape game has changed, if y'all have noticed. The mixtape game has changed tremendously. You know what I'm saying? And and due to like, you know, let's take for instance, we're gonna uh take an instance in history. The mixtape game was popping when drama when drama and and and, and all them boys, Big Mike, um all them cats was, was doing their thing, right? Nobody, you know what I'm saying, nobody was really like it was no controversy, nothing like that. But then you had the RIAA and uh, recording industry or something, association. I Forgot what exactly the other AR or if, even if all. But the RIAA, those are the people that, you know what I'm saying, It's you the copyrights, right? If they they can flag your stuff at any time, they can come through at any time and say, like, yo, you got something that you ain't supposed to have, take it off your album. Or, yo, you got something that you ain't, you you selling something you ain't supposed to sell, we're rating. So when drama got rated, that slowed down a lot. You know what I'm saying? That slowed down mixtapes a lot. But, you know what I'm saying? We still was doing mixtapes. But I think when the Gucci Man band hit, when the Gucci Man band hit, and um, the Gucci Man band hit at one point, and they really started to get on this copyright infringement thing, I think a lot of people like slowed down until, you know what I'm saying, mixtapes just stopped getting fun, you know what I'm saying? Because the whole thing about, you know what I'm saying, doing mixtapes was to give the people what they want, and you know what I'm saying, and, and, and not have to worry about your collection or archive getting touched because everything's there. Your fans can can touch it, whether it's five years from now, they can do it, but you know what I'm saying? like, um, It just it just became more of a hassle. And even in today's, today's days with SoundCloud, you know what I'm saying? I know a lot of artists get hit with the copyright infringement with SoundCloud. Their whole page get deleted. Now imagine you have yeah. 10 years of work in your SoundCloud, and in one instance, your whole page gone. Now how would you feel about doing any more music? when they were Right, right. So it's a pipeline. And I'm not saying that we rely. We rely on that digital age of, you know what I'm saying, of archiving and stuff like that. But it hurts. It hurts so much when everything gone. You know what I'm saying? When they took they took um, they took uh, when I did the State versus Razor Days, I did the Screw Remix of that. They took that. They banned that and they banned like three or four different tapes of mine. On, on across uh, a couple websites, you know what I'm saying. When the Gucci Man band hit, and I, I know yeah. a lot of
1: people know about that, but basically explain explain to everybody what the Gucci Man band was.
2: Okay, so I forgot what year it hit, but yeah, because I I knew we was gonna have to get into that. But basically, what had happened? This is when Gucci Man got locked up, not this recent one, but it was a time before Gucci Man got locked up. So basically, um, his manager or somebody took control, had power over the music, you know what I'm saying? Which is, you know, if y'all understand, like, how mu- if, if people stay in tune and, and know how, like, the music industry works, you, you get with a team. It's not just you, you know what I'm saying? You got you, your PR, you got the people that, you know, that you with the studio, you got your advisors, you got your whole team that when you sign to a major label, them, you're, you know what I'm saying, that's your team. You know what I'm saying? Like Slim Thug said one time, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? My deal was my deal was all right, but I kind of left my major deal because my team was messed up. The team I had this year was straight, but next year the team was horrible, so I had to leave it. And that's kind of how it was. So the team, I mean, whoever Gucci Man people was, they actually sent a notice, right? They sent this notice saying, like, yo, if you got this track, this track, or this amount of songs, or this and that, you have so many hours to remove the track. Or you're gonna to have to pay a fine. So the mixtape websites wasn't trying to hear that. They wasn't they wasn't trying to pay no money. You know what I'm saying? So they effectively some mixtapes, some mixtape sites just blocked the tapes that the Gucci man tape was on, and that was it. You still could upload like music and stuff like that, but if a flag track was actually, you know what I'm saying, in your mix, they still would delete it. That's why a lot of the mixtape sites now have um, music scanning capabilities, kinda like YouTube when you upload a video it scans mm-hmm. for copyrights and stuff like that that's not there. And with other mixtape sites, I think uh like that crack was one of them, mixtape pass was another one. Um, they actually had it to where you was banned from uploading. If you even uploaded Gucci Man at all, you was banned. So it was crazy. It was crazy. And you gotta think Gucci Man got more popular when he got locked up. So it was like, you know, you you holding the candy in the kid's face and telling them not to lick it. You know what I'm saying? Every at that point it was a lot of mixtape DJs trying to come up. Gucci Man was the hardest artist, the hot artist, you know what I'm saying, at the time. So cats was taking a risk, but you know, a lot of cats actually stepped away. It was a lot of cats that were just like, you know, fuck this and, and just fuck mixtapes, period, because they wasn't trying to deal with all that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you see some of your collection get wiped off and you can't get it back, that's what it is, because I got tapes that I can't get back, that was took off from the band that I just didn't have copies of, or something happens with your hard drive or your computer, computer crashes. That's it. If you ain't got somewhere hidden, you know, that's it. You can't get those tapes back. So that's what it was. And um So the band had got hit and and after that, like I said, the the, the I think a lot of mixtape DJs, especially with me, because I was a coast to coast DJ and Coast to Coast is this group. A lot of people probably be familiar with Coast Coast because Coast Coast do the performances. They go from city to city um, doing shows and stuff like that. They're real good for putting on people. I think they put on Tony, Tony Trump before he briefly signed with um, a Young Jesus label. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of those DJs. And that was at the time, Coast Coast was one of the biggest DJ coalitions of the world. And um, they actually had DJs just, just walked out and just say, you know what, we can't, we're we going to stop doing tapes, period. Because they just, it just was tired of the band. So, um, yeah, so the band hit, and, you know, a lot of DJs stopped, but, you know what I'm saying, some kept going through, but, it, like, literally, it just, it really changed the dynamic. You can, from people that seen how mixtape was pumped back in the day to how it is now, you can tell the difference. And then you see a lot of artists, too, stop going towards the DJ too. So that's another thing about how um the dynamic of the mixtape is saying, a lot of artists will rather... Do the mixtape themselves, than to just you know holler at the DJ, you know what I'm saying, and that hurt another thing too, because you know like with me, if for the people that was that been tracking like my Serving the Streets tapes, like you know that was one thing by Serving the Streets. I always try to get a a, um um an indie artist, you know what I'm saying. I try to get the indie artist to host my mix or or to have an indie artist songwriter, you know what I'm saying, because you know it's kind of like you know I wanted to do something for somebody. I even did the Mississippi Coalition tape, which I don't know too many people know about, but that song, it's on that piff. If you search the Mississippi Coalition and Pizzleman, you can type in and search. When then I actually did like it was like track, thirty some 33, thirty, thirty three, thirty six, all Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I did I did a few things like a lot of people don't know about and stuff like that, but yeah,
0: man, a lot of knowledge me enjoying right now. Um, all man. right, man. Yeah. um so it you know like you were saying like cause DJs are kind of like the tastemakers for hip-hop and stuff like that as far as like the current right. scene of music we always ask this question because we you know we feel a certain way about some of the current cats some of the cats we like some of the cats we don't like but how do you feel about yeah. the current state of uh of hip-hop right now as far as like the artists, who you think is hot who do you think who what type of artists do you be spinning as of the current genre right now stuff like that so
2: Okay, I can answer that question, and it's gonna make everybody laugh. Uh, hip hop don't exist no more to me, not really. If I when I hear hip hop, I only think nineties. I think nineties, maybe early two thousand before Soldier Boy came out on back. When I hear hip hop, when I hear rap, that's everything now. This rapping is just what it is now. That might <laughs> sound like us, boy. Like um, like it, it's it's different because I remember I remember like you know what I'm saying like. I was in high school with my homeboy Trey Hover. Shout out to my homeboy, my big brother Trey, best friend. They used to stay across the street. Shout out to you. I remember when we when we first when he got first got his hands on the dipset album. The first dipset album, Diplomatic Community. Man, that had to be one of the most beautiful albums I ever heard. He was always a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else was back home. You know, we listened to, you know, Project Pad and you know what I'm saying? Play a fly. We listen to all the heavy Southern stuff. That's, you know, that's our region. That's what we listen to, you know, Texas music and stuff like that. But I remember listening to Diplomatic Community one of them, like, you hear them Up North Beats and, and all that, and it's like, man, this is beautiful. And that's like, like, Jewel Santana was like one of my favorite rappers. Cause I just like his flow, I like his delivery. I like his, you know what I'm saying? I like how he tells story. That's why I kinda bond with J. Cole too. Cause J. Cole, when he made that song, like, let Jewel down, I was like, that's crazy. Cause you know, I look up to him just like I look up to Wells Like when he made Friday Night Lights, I love that tape that J. Cole did, but like
1: Man, you look at one it of my this, favorites.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you look at it like this, and I'm gonna tell you from a DJ standpoint, and I don't know how many DJs would be real to admit it. A lot of DJs spending the music for the beats. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? That's just real. That's just real. These lyrics are garbage. You can't tell me like, you know what I'm saying? I'm probably knocking future sponsors out the out the door, but you can't tell me some of these cats that's popping now that are really, really like, really popping like that. Like, would you let them listen to that tape? Would you let your child listen to that tape 24 7, 365 and get a good feeling about it? You feel me? I can tell you right now that my dad used to listen to All Eyes on Me. He had it on cassette, and we used to ride around to it though, every time, all the time. You feel me? My dad listened to O.J.'s, uh, you know what I'm saying, Osley Brothers, you know what I'm saying, those old groups, Blues and Tupac. That was the only person he would listen to rapping. But that tells you something when a man of his age and, you know what I'm saying, would listen to a rapper like that, and he felt some type of way that he could let his son listen to it constantly. And he listened to it constantly. You know what I'm talking about? We don't have nothing like that no more. It's garbage. The music is garbage, man, because it's the same. Getting money, you know smashing girls porn drink smoking weed is it's just you know what i'm saying it's the same thing like it's garbage like you can't tell me that you can i i can't name one person yet that can sing the lyrics to Panda, that actually know what he's saying i can't <laughs> know what he's think
1: of i think you i think you got cats out there like j. cole kendrick lamar um you know uh, logic uh, all i like to do, yeah logic uh Lecrae. They like the new young cast that's actually spitting something. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, that, that is true, but we know how the record labels work. We know how the record labels work, and we know how the the radio industry works. You feel yeah. me? Like, you know, for cats that don't know it, and a lot of people come up to the DJs, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people come up to the DJs as far... And we're going to talk about artist-DJ relationships, because I think we need to touch up on it. I think we actually need to touch up on that, but we'll say that, but put that, write that down right there, artist-DJ relationship. I think I can help with a, with a little something on that. All right. But anyway, back to the uh, said subject, which is um, the beats are what's catchy now. Nobody cares about the lyrics. You know why? We're, we're in a state of, of top 40 in electronic dance music, where that's nothing but beats. And we're kind of getting, you know, syncopated with that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Everything is the beat. Everything is beat because it's like, you know, like when I first heard Broccoli by Lil' yali I'm like, yo, how is that gonna oh, blow up? And next oh thing you goodness. know, that's, that's that's going. You know what I'm saying? That's going. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just couldn't believe it. But this dude, you know, it's about branding now. It's about branding and it's about it's it's like flip, right? It's like flip. Cause we I seen this online the other day where champion, you remember champion? The sportswear, the champion stuff that you used to have to buy at school for mm-hmm. gym uniforms. That's high end. That's high end where people pay money for that. If you go to school, when we used to go to school and wear champion, man, we know what would happen. You get roasted from this point of the hallway to the next point in the hallway. Not like people care, but fashion was a big deal back. Even when we was kids, fashion was a big deal. Everything is flipped. So we was more like we was more realist, like the music was more real. You feel me? Everything was real at that point in time, but now it's like, you know, if you got a gimmick and if you can just make people... What's, what's the craziest thing that you make people bob your heads with? Because that's what's different. People don't want to be different with lyrics. Because lyrics are... Now they're saying bars are irrelevant to the average consumer. How can you be different? So how can you be different? Um, You can mark yourself you can say the dumbest stuff, or you can have a unique flow, or you can just mumble. You know what I'm saying? And, and this just... Kinda how you know what I'm saying things are. Well, like the um,
0: ski mask on the interview and not say anything. Yeah. Gold yeah. teeth, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Teeth, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's crazy. I mean,
1: and, it's, and it's you know it's crazy, man. Like I think that that little cat, little Uzi Vert. I think he was on um, I keep forgetting dude' name, whose show he was on, and he was like, "Yo, I'm not, I'm not rapping to them old ass beats." And he was like, Yo, I'm a superstar. I don't have to rap to those beats and shit like that. I'm like, yo, like you can't rap at all, dog. Yeah. Like like, <laughs> like those are the type of cats, like if I see them, bro, like I'm don't wanna good. slap them, bro, I know I know how you feel
2: because we got we kinda deal with the same thing in the DJ community, sorta. Of. In the DJ community was kind of like in contrast that it's kind of like with the EDM boom that's that's with here now, because it's it's like it's like this like you have DJs and and turntables and stuff like that and and no outs out and I mean no disrespect to DJs you know what I'm saying no disrespect to DJs but um we just gonna we just gonna keep it real for a second so when EDM when EDM started popping off, you had a lot of cat sales doing fake sets. You know what I'm saying? They was using, like, controllers and and uh, CD players. And there's nothing really wrong with that. You know, you play what you play on. You feel me? But there was a lot of cats that were saying that there was DJs, but they really wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And it was a slap in the face to, you know what I'm saying, DJs that really paved the way. You know what I'm saying? And DJs that really grind for this. Like, imagine how you feel. It's kind of like when you're a rapper, imagine how you feel when you're bars and you're sitting around studying. you you going in a dictionary you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember many used to do that back in the day. Many used to write words out the dictionary and write definitions down. You know what I'm saying? When many used to be in science, but I remember he used to write words out the dictionary and, and he'll be like, yo, I'm working on my wordplay. Because he's like, yo, I'm tired of saying the same thing. So I want to learn words that I never said before, that nobody never even heard of. You feel me? That's somebody that, you know what I'm saying, that knows about the culture, that cares about the craft, you know what I'm saying, and wants to get better at it. But, you know what I'm saying, but in hindsight, like I was saying before, so these cats here are making, like, ten times as much money as the hard-working DJ that sits around, practice, works on their cuts, and, and does all this. Like, you got to understand, like, with this one cat, these these EDM cats, they probably play at a festival, make five, six times for you, five, six times the average DJ that works locally, but they only there one night. But... You know what I'm saying? They're there for one night. And they probably you won't see him again for a couple months or even for the year. But the DJ that's there every week, the resident DJ that's there every week, you're not gonna give him a raise for nothing. But he's the one that keeps the club popping or the place popping until the headliner comes on. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of flipped. And you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I can I can feel the pain with that because is is you know what I'm saying in all spectrums I think it's a little bit. It's always a story. You know what I'm saying similar to that, but yeah, I can definitely feel where you're coming from. Like the the ignorance is what's selling right now. The catch me outside, girl. Like you, like you, you seen the interview? And I'm like, okay. And then catch me outside. How about that? Okay. Next thing you know, they got a beat. Boom, boom. Catch me outside. How about that? How about how about? And you like no, no, no. And and literally it's it's it's, it's over with. You know what I'm saying? But that's how it is in the scene nowadays. It's like you can't, the, 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 the cool thing about it, I will say that they give opportunity to everybody. But, you know, like J. Cole said at one point, man, you eventually got to sell your soul to something that you probably don't want to do to make money nowadays. You feel me? Now, how, now what you want to do? Do you want to stay real and be broke or you want to, you know, make it big and be fake? I mean, it is what it is, but like when it comes to rapping, the hip hop industry, like hip hop as a culture, as a culture not just as a music scene, but as a culture the dress, the street wear, the graffiti, everything, I think it's that the younger cats don't care about the culture. They care about what they see on TV. They care about the YouTube videos. They care about being cool with their friends. So a lot of the information, a lot of the stuff don't get passed down. You, you know what I'm saying? You ask people who Big L is, Big Daddy Kane, you know what I'm saying, Wu-Tang, you know what I'm saying, DMX, people like that and they look at you stupid. You know what I'm saying? And But you can pop on like you know, Lil yachty, and they know every single year. They, you go to pounder, and they Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner, do 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 with the burner. You know what
1: I'm saying? They'll, they'll do that.
2: So it's just, it's just crazy, man. It, it really is. But you yeah. know, I don't know.
1: And then look at us crazy. Look at us crazy when we bring up something that ain't even really relatively old, like Trap or Die or trap music or something like that. Like, man, nobody want to listen to that, that bullshit. They ain't even jamming. You know what I'm saying? I, and I now, mean, I, when I was substitute <laughs> teaching, man, I had kids tell me that all the time, bro.
2: It's crazy. Trap or die? What? That's like that's birth. That, that, that birth was, you know what I'm saying? A lot of... A Gangsta grills. Now, like, that's just this, this crazy. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, when you get more culture, because even me, I lacked culture at one point. Like, I knew history about DJ stuff, and that's what a lot of DJs were. A lot of DJs were, were bumping to me in Hawaii, right? And so the Hawaii dynamic, I'm going to give you all a, a, a dynamic of Hawaii. It's, it's a couple of Hawaiians. I ain't going to say it, it's, it's Hawaiians, Filipinos, um, blacks, you know what I'm saying? You got, you got a mix of everybody, Right. But the black DJs are just more party rockers. No one more party rockers than anything. They they like, you know, you don't know nothing about nothing. They think that the, you know, the Filipinos and the other races know more about DJ and, and the culture, the history than anything else. Like I started talking to cats, I was like, yo. And they'll be we'll be talking. I was like, oh yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash made this. You know what I'm saying? Grand Wizard Theodore is the one that been the scratch. Oh, you oh you seen that battle? Yeah, I remember that classic battle, Cuba did that, you know what I'm saying? And they'll look at me like Oh, you know your history. I'm like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They'd be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Cause they wouldn't think that, you know what I'm saying, the average black DJ would know that type of stuff. But I do, you know what I'm saying? But it is some that, you know what I'm saying, just like every part of the game, you know, you in it for the wrong things or you in it for the Hollywood. But I really love this DJ thing. And and that's what if people see me like, you know, what I'm, I'm not active on Twitter like that, I'm more active on Facebook. But people that do, like, follow me on Facebook and stuff like that, you you know that, because I post articles all the time. I post videos, and, you know what I'm saying, you see me reposting, like, some OG messages and and stuff like that. People know I really cared, and that's kind of what's different for me from back, you know what I'm saying, way back in the day, (laughs) because back in the day, I was, yeah, I was, I was was riding the wave a little bit. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. I know you, uh, I know, where well, we had this conversation, but I know you, I know you stepped back for a little bit as far as DJ. I know you just, like, <clears throat> I was seeing you a lot, you know, social media and stuff like that, and I know you just, like, kind of, like, backed off a little bit. What was going down when you, kind of, like, went MIA for a well,
2: while? Well, uh, mm-hmm. let, me, let me tell you like that. That was just personal issues because I'm going to tell you how it was, man. I was doing one thing, and I was just loving it, and and so I'm I'm going to be deep, and I'm going to be 100 with everybody, you know what I'm saying, listening, you know what I'm saying, because uh, you know, this this is a really, you know, really touchy subject, but let's get into it. So um, you know what I'm saying? I was making tapes, right? I was I uh, the order the order follows is I was making tapes, right? I learned how to scratch. I kinda knew how to mix. I knew how to mix good enough. You know what I'm saying? And I was making tapes. I was making so many tapes that, you know what I'm saying, my eyeballs was falling out. Like literally I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And be like, yo, I feel like making the tape, and I did, and still went to work jamming the tape, suffering at work, you know what I'm saying, whatever, whatever. But that's what I I love to do. And um, you know, I did the tapes. I was doing tapes heavy. That's all I did. You feel me? I wasn't DJing out. You know what I'm saying at that hello? time. Hello, can y'all hear me? I hear you. Oh, okay. Quinn said hello. So, Quinn, did you
0: hear me? Quinn. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you.
2: Quinn? You hear me? Yeah. Quinn? Hello? I can see you. I can see you. you. You Okay. 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 Anyway, so, you know what I'm saying? I was doing tapes, and then I finally started gigging, right? So I started gigging. I had, um, at the time, I had um, two 100 Mark Vs, and I have, um, I had a 57 mixing, Not that that's important because half people don't understand. But um, So then I started gigging. I started gigging a lot. You know what I'm saying? And That's when I landed my first res- residency at the Palace. And you know what I'm saying? I was, I was still doing tapes. I was, I was more interactive in the hip-hop scene in Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? So I would go to video shoots and, and this, this, and that. But at the time what I was doing was I was burning myself out slowly but surely. Because I was doing tapes. I had the YouTube channel where I was posting stuff on it. I was doing chopping screw videos, still gigging and, and still doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? And that was a overwhelming, that was an overwhelming experience to somebody that wasn't ready for all of that. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't ready to do that much, but I did it because it it it, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't think of the toll that it would took it would take my body, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? I'm still making tapes and, and and everything and 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 it, you know, a little time later I got nominated for the Southern Entertainment Award for Best Chop School Mix, 2011, So we still rolling, still pushing, then personal things happened and I I had to fall back because my life was kinda like, you know what I'm saying, going off at the seams, man. And I really appreciate the people that was there checking up on me and, and making sure everything was straight. But just like life, everybody, you know what I'm saying? I know I know everybody looks up to their favorite person their favorite superstar and like you know what I'm saying you're invincible or you, you do this and you do that so everything is straight but you know what i'm saying regular people get depressed too regular people get overwhelmed too i'm a regular person you feel me you know besides you know me being puzzle man the dj it's like i'm still you know leaving the human being right. you feel me and you know and i just you know basically i you know i'd be real i broke kind of just broke because it was just so many personal things that was just going going wrong. And like, you know what I'm saying? And me being who I am, you know what I'm saying? And me and Quinn talked a little bit about this. Me being who I am, man, I was the type of person that never really let my problems, never really told my problems nobody. I just took them head on. But what happens when you keep problems to yourself? Sooner or later it's going to come out and you're going to crack. Yeah. You feel me? You're going to crack and, and, and that's what it is and that's kind of what happened with me. So I had to take a break. I had to take a break because amongst all of that I was helping other people too. And and shout out to, you know what I'm saying, to them too, because there's no knock I I know I was acting a certain certain type of way with them, but it really wasn't nothing personal, nothing like that. It wasn't like I was cussing people out. I hope not. But um, you know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, I was doing so many things and I really wasn't taking care of myself mentally. And um, you know what I'm saying, and uh, just kinda it just kinda just just one of the straws just laid on the camel's back and just broke it. Basically, so I had to, I had to uh, step back and um, and do my thing, man. Because you know, I, I, you know, I did a lot of tapes. I did a lot of tapes, and um, you know, I, I wanted if I said that if I wanted to come back, like if I came back in the scene like that, I kind of want to get, do the same type of workload that I had at first. You know what I'm saying? Because you know what I'm saying. Everybody loved it. You know what I'm saying? I get compliments and and all that, but I feel like, you know, if I come back on the scene, that's what everybody's going to expect. Cause That's what everybody's getting used to. If you're selling pizza, right, if you're selling pizza and your store is open to 11, you know what I'm saying, then something happens with the store, come back, and then now the store closes at 6. What's the first question everybody's going to ask you? Why your store closed at 6 now? Nah, it's open to 11 back in the day. You know what I'm saying? This kind of throws a kink because we're used to you closing at 11. So it's kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was just it was just like a, a, a time in my life where, you know what I'm saying, I had to get certain things straight and stuff like that. But, you know what I'm saying, like I said, you know, I, I did a couple of things. Like I said, I mentored people. I taught DJs and, and stuff like that. It was just that, you know what I'm saying, it's just like life. When life takes you to slow down, you either slow down on your own accord or life throws you into a brick wall and says, you know what, stop, mm-hmm. stop. And that's what it is. It's kind of like what people say they sense. Your sixth sense, or, or whatever, whatever your life lesson, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know what I'm saying? It happened to me, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of the the point where I'm at now. I'm, I'm I got, you know what I'm saying? There's a couple of personal things I got to take care of, but you know what I'm saying? In the next couple of months, I'm be cranking, I'm be cranking back up slowly but surely, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Um, I know we touched on this on that We had our music business uh workshop back in January. I know. You touched on earlier about um, artist-DJ relationship, and I know we touched on it in far as from the standpoint. I know um, DJ B Moss, he's uh, he's out of Mississippi as well, but he works out of Atlanta uh, doing a lot of stuff for indie artists and stuff like that. Um, what's, your, what's your take on, because how we feel about it, and I know how I feel about it, it's like I know, like I said before, DJs are kind of like the tastemaker I feel like, you know, if you want to break a record and I still feel this way to this day I feel like if you want to break a record you want to make sure you get it in the hands of the DJ because everybody's going to the club if you're an artist or anything like that and you're trying to get the feel for what the scene is like as far as music or trying to make or develop or create an album you're going to go sit in the club and see what everybody's what everybody's playing so what's your take on that artist-DJ relationship?
2: Okay, this is gonna this is gonna be the it's gonna agree but it's gonna come from a different field than what a lot of people probably expect. Okay, and this is this is I, I feel of it like this. The DJs are the taste makers, but I also feel no offense to the DJs are, are damn near the leaders.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I'm saying? They're damn near the leaders. So what I say is we as a, as from in the artist circle, it's always beat up on the artist. But nobody really beats up on the DJ. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Back in the day they used to beat up on the DJ but now it's not so. I think that the DJs should be the people in the forefront. You feel me? Like say for instance if you're in Mississippi I think it'd be way easier if the DJs would come together in front of the artists if the DJs and the artists came together and everybody sat down at the table and the DJs are totally flat out like listen we'll spend all your records y'all giving to us, because we want to blow the scene up. We want to make the scene hot." So you give us the records and we'll play them. Now how 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 you think how you think how you think the response is gonna be? Me, I think the response is actually gonna be way better than a group of artists sitting down at a table and saying, like, yo, you know what I'm saying, we're gonna we're gonna um go and um put our records, you know what I'm saying, to the DJs. And I say it like this because it's a different mentality. Because, number one, you know for a fact in your face that the DJs are going to play that record. Because they didn't told you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Two, the DJs are everywhere. You feel me? Because if you've got all the DJs in one place, you can give them the records right there. A lot of the thing is is that DJs, I mean, some artists just don't have the time, the transportation, Stuff like that. You can have a car, but you know, if you want to get your, your record to, you know what I'm saying, somebody on the other side of the state, how could you do it? You got to try it to the other side of the state, you know what I'm saying? And I just think that the DJs have to take a more proactive approach, because like you said, the DJs are the tastemakers. The DJs can make a record pop, but you have to give your record to the DJs, but I think that um that um, definitely, like, the DJs, to me, if the scene wants to pop, then that's what it is. Like, look at Atlanta. Right. Every DJ has every record in the line. You know what I'm saying? Because and that's how they make their scene pop. You feel me? They catch the records before they even get get on fire and they play it. They make them well known locally and then they blow up. Look at Texas. Texas has been doing that for decades. Texas didn't have has a market that feeds itself. You know what I'm saying? These cats come out the trunk and can make 100000 dollars out of the trunk. Now, how do you do that? DJs? And himself, but you gotta have the fire record that everybody knows for to sell your product. For the most part, some people are subs to the roof. Like Lil Flip can, and Paul Wall can just pull out the side of, of, of the highway and can sell it with however many they want. You know what I'm saying? They will own like that. But they do have an approach to where everybody got their records, and this, you know, what I'm saying this how it gets. That's how it gets really. You know, what I'm saying that's how it pans out. But I think definitely, definitely that it should be. A more proactive approach and maybe the artists will put pressures on djs djs a little bit you know what i'm saying because like i said i think that if you get the records to the djs hand and the dj actually commits to plan them i think you have a way better success rate and i think the scene will be better in that way it will be a more proactive scene because if you see it happen once then you just keep doing it right that leads the artists to making more music that makes the djs do more stuff and if one artist blew up with this equation Everybody's going to keep doing it, so they keep blowing up. I always say this all the time. You blow your scene up before you before you blow yourself up. Because right, when you right. On the scene, it's easy for them to pop off. You feel me? Texas took a little while, but Texas held it. You see what I'm saying? Texas held it for that one point in time because all eyes is on them. Yep. Paul Wall, Camille, Slim Thug, Mike Jones, all them cats. They just had to wait till the spotlight was on Texas. And they still even just on the culture of it. You see what I'm saying?
1: So now you, you know you know of- what? Speaking of Texas, and I hate to interrupt you, but something makes sense now. Thinking about the band, going back, I hate to bring that back up. But you know, <laughs> we heard of a millionaire in a while. And it was because Millionaire was knocking beats upside the head. So that's probably the reason why we ain't heard no more mixtape messiahs or no new mixtapes from him because of the band
2: well, well, he nah he actually was smart. Come in there, if you do your research, come in there actually is in Silicon Valley right now making oh, amazing. I
1: know where he is. we 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 already talked about him right now, we, we, we. Like yeah.
2: he's smart he was real smart, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, but yeah, like that's I mean catch and and that's the thing like the freestyle is just so crazy. Like, right now, freestyle is one of the most underused tools, I think, in today's market. Mm-hmm. To me. To me. Because back in the... Especially in the South. Because we ate off of freestyles. You feel me? We ate... That's how a lot of DJs... You know what I'm saying? You're not a lot of DJs. A lot of artists got known. They got famous freestyles out there. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like, you know, like, cool. classic DSR and, and stuff like that. I, I still can sing Stack Your Paper by little Flip. You know what I'm saying? From that uh, Biz Ounce beat that he did from Olivia. You know what I'm talking
1: about? Hey, so, he did, uh, I got flowed by a little flip. You know what
2: I'm saying? And yeah. Yeah, just, it's just a lot. And I and I think that that's just an underused tool. Everybody just want to go beats, just do beats. And the beats would be horrible. And that's just one thing. Cats just, you know, you know it's a process. It's a process. And, and some cats try to, like, run it too fast. But I think that as as artists, DJs, anybody in the music industry, You know what I'm saying? Before you, some people can't take a shot at the dark and hit it big. You know what I'm saying? Like we said before. But I think you should have a strategy. You should have a plan. And there's just certain things like a a freestyle is not going to hurt you at all. You don't have to pay nothing for the beat. You just upload it. You know what I'm saying? You, You rap on a beat. Only thing you're spending is time. You know what I'm saying? You rap over the beat and you put it out there and you just never know. You'll blow up. You know what I'm talking about? And, you know, I just think that, you know, it's it's a little bit... It, it's a little bit unappreciated in today's world, but, eh, whatever. The consumer is different. And the nice. radio station is making the consumer, so, yeah.
1: I got a question for you. So, how do yep. you feel about DJs uh, that's trying to follow up behind Khaled? Like, you know, Drum ain't doing the mixtapes no more. He He's trying to put out albums like Khaled. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, and and you know, all thing Khaled really doing is putting a lot of artists on his tape and calling it his album. And you know, he, I think he the producer on a lot of them albums. But you know, that's about it. You see what I'm saying? Let me
0: ask something. Well, let well, me ask something real quick before you answer before you answer that. Uh-huh. Like what Khaled's doing now. This is what I can say. Okay, Khaled's <clears throat> not doing anything different. Khaled wasn't even really the first person, if you really, if you really really think about it. Shoot, Diddy was doing that a long time ago before Khaled even got hot doing it. A lot of people didn't know that, you know, Puffy was having people, you know, ghostwrite for him. And he was just, like, putting it out there and calling it, yeah. you know, Puff Dad in the Family. I and mean, he wasn't even writing a ly- he wasn't even spitting a lyric on the whole record. So, but
2: dancing on the videos
0: (laughs) yeah dancing all in the
1: videos (laughs) (laughs) but you know i mean like you remember back in the day you know like uh it'll be it used to be called a compilation album like swiss beats with the rough rider compilation album swiss beats was producing all of that but you know swiss wasn't you know i'm saying wasn't saying that it was his album, but it was it was really Switch's album. You you see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. And let's let's I can touch up on that, and this just kind of goes back to point one with the mixtape scene. And you got to think, like I said. So let's 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 take it, and I'm glad you brought Drama up because we can actually bring the whole equation back from Drama. Okay, so here's how it goes. So Drama was making a lot of money with the Gangsta Grills albums and stuff like that, right? He was making it, doing it, eating. You know, I heard at one point drama was charging like 30, 30, 40 thousand wow, just for him to just say Gangster Grills and stuff if he approved it. You feel me? You still had to get approved. He wasn't just putting everybody out. But for him to like really get on your tape and get busy, he was charging that much. So you can imagine how much money he was making when you think about how many Gangster Grills tapes that he got out. You know what I'm saying? He's got plenty. So um, when the raid happened, when a raid happened and everything, you know what I'm saying, happened. Um, Drama had to change his name. That's one fact that a lot of people don't know. Drama had to change his name. You know he don't really call himself DJ Drama like that no more. Because mm-hmm. actually around about uh, is that, around that time or a little bit later, there was actually another DJ Drama that tried to sue Drama, right? Because somehow, someway, it fell through the cracks and there was another DJ Drama in another state somewhere. So Drama told him like, yo, I will give you a check. To release your name because i didn't have this name for years i didn't off this name you know what i'm saying and um you 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 know like it's, it's just l- l- longevity for me so i cut you the check release your name that'd be it But he said no cat said no so they fought over it and i don't know what the end result was for I think old dude ended up still getting the check, but the check was way smaller than what drama wanted. I mean, not drama, but the old dude was going to get that if he would have just listened to drama. At least that's what I heard. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But so that's when drama, you start hearing drama say drama like the DJ more. You feel me? Instead of DJ drama. You know what I'm saying? He still had his monikers, Mr. Thanksgiving, and you know what I'm saying? All this, all this, uh, drum, Barack all this drama. Barack Drama. Yeah, yeah, he still had all those monikers, so that's when, you know, that's when he um, he had to take a different approach, because now the mixtape game has been compromised from how people used to make money, because I think a lot of DJs used to make money just off posting tapes and mixing tapes, so um, that's when he built more that producer role. You notice that after those Gangster Grills, after that raid, you notice that he started producing, those albums came out, you know what I'm saying? And um. And and he just had to switch it up. So that's why a lot of DJs just went and changed suit because local, the average local DJ that plays in the club is getting some money but not getting a lot. You feel me? You're either going to have to, you know what I'm saying, do a worldwide competition to get exposure, do a rapidly TV show. You got to do something out the box. You can't just do it just by just spinning records no more unless you're just a gangster like that. Like, you can do it locally, but you got to be that man to do it locally. On top of all the other DJs that's in the local scene trying to get the same spot, which is Top Dog. So, um, you know, like, that's this kind of what it is. So with Khaled and, and and drama and stuff like that, Khaled actually is, like, um, I think he's like the AR of the company that he's in. And he rightfully can say that this is album because he produces the beats. And that's why you see on the song titles, it says DJ Khaled featuring. Because it's his song. It's his beat. Mm-hmm. He just buys for the... He just pays for people to rap on him and everything else goes to him. You know what I'm saying? Because it's his song. He pays for the guest appearances. And there you have it. And that's where a lot of DJs are going now more than ever. Because um, you know, it's it's just a different... It's just a different day and age, man. You know what I'm saying? The, the day of the CD is gone. You feel me? The day of the people buying albums are gone. Yes, rain tones and singles are selling. But, you know what I'm saying, that's why cats, when cats are doing these deals, cats are, cats are like, you know what I'm saying, you know, like Walker Flock said, man, go ahead and take the 180. Take the 180 and and just give them your record sales because the records ain't selling no way. Keep your tour money. That's yeah. where you're going to make your money. At. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make your tour money back and, and make everything else back easier. Whether then you get that 360 deal and they touch everything. That's going to take you forever to pay back that advance. Pay back your, your 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 uh production team, your promotional team, your PR, everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just you know with DJing and stuff like that. Like if you want to make it like super duper 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 big and have a nice you know six seven eight digit you know what I'm saying income, you gotta kind of do something bigger and better because like I said, like I, I love DJing to death. You know what I'm saying? I really do. I love the craft. I love playing with records and, and all that stuff. Even with me, I got to think outside the box myself because, you know what I'm saying, if you don't do that, then you're going to die like some of the records that we be playing. It's just real. True.
0: Very, very
1: true. Yo, that's what up, man. <clears throat> man, we've been going at it about an hour now. <laughs> so, man, like, like it, I said, though. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it has it. But, you, you know... Tell everybody, you know, what I'm saying, um, where they can find you at, man, on social media. Drop all your social okay. media tags. Okay, I put it
2: like this. Okay, so um, before I get into social media, um, um, just to like we were saying the uh, upcoming release, I forgot to tell y'all. Um, I'm competing. I'm going to compete in the DMC Disco Mix Club. It's this um, the DMC competition is this competition they hold every year, and it goes from regionals, nationals to world. You know what I'm talking about? and worlds is in london and you know what i'm saying they they do regionals throughout the throughout the united states throughout the places and if you win regionals they fly you out there to um they fly you out there to uh nationals and nationals is usually held in new york you know what i'm saying but um like last year i think they held it actually in the bay so it was pretty crazy um but I'm competing in that so you know what i'm saying everybody say a prayer if you believe in praying a, meditate, think about me, something. I don't care how you do it. Send you, send you good energy my way. But um, as far as social media go, the easiest way is just to put my name in the Google box, P-I-Z-Z-L-E-M-A-N-E, and I promise you, like, everything will be in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and that's another little thing. I'm going to answer this, even though y'all didn't ask me. So a lot of people be saying, like, yo, Pizzle man what kind of name is that? And stuff like that. Well, let me tell you, because that's this this a question I actually get. You know what I'm saying? brought up a little bit and I'm surprised y'all didn't ask it. So anyway, so I was DP, right? I got my I got my name DP a long time ago. Just just regular. It was just like my last initials. It's Davenport. My last name, Davenport DP. Boom. And so when I first got started, it was DJ D P, right? And um drama thing hit, right? Drama thing hit kind of early and I was kinda thinking about that, right? I I seen it like build up. So, if you look at all my tapes, it says DJDP, aka the Pizzleman. So, it was kind of interchangeable. Like, you could put Pizzleman or DJDP. It didn't matter. I recognized both, right? Because it was all of my mixtapes. All my, all my mixtapes basically said DJDP, aka the Pizzleman. But um, I just started to shorten it. I shortened it up to Pizzleman just because of the simple fact that this all my handles. All my handles is just Pizzleman. Instagram.com, Pizzleman. Twitter.com, Pizzleman. Um, Facebook page, Pizzleman. You know what I'm saying? You go on YouTube videos. Everything is P I Z Z L E M A N E, So, um, you know, um, yeah, you can just search that, you know what I'm saying, easily. But there go a couple right there, twitter.com, slash so Go on Facebook, search PizzleMane, you know what I'm saying. Um, DebtPiff, PizzleMane, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's PizzleMane everywhere, you know what I'm talking about. But I still got a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying. Trust me, I got a lot of stuff for those first-time listeners. Like, yo, you want to catch up and see what I'm doing, trust me. I got a lot of stuff online that you can listen to until I get back cuz there's there's tapes upon tapes, there's chopping and screw videos I do, you know what I'm saying? A couple of videos here and there just regular stuff, you know, me playing around and, and stuff like that, talking, shooting the mud, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But that's it. Okay, okay,
0: okay. Uh we going to chop it up a little bit after after we cut the cut the record on the uh <clears throat> on this episode, but um but yeah y'all uh this is the end of episode 60 of the hip-hop rejects um please make sure you guys stop by the hip-hop uh you pretty much can find this podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts itunes google play music player fm uh shoot pretty much anywhere just type in a podcast hosting site we're there um but yeah man uh we'll be going into week four of indie artists uh indie artists month so um We'll catch you guys later and we out of here.
1: One